We've got a lot to talk about with the Pistons today. Let's not waste any time. Let's get into today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Check out pricepicks.com and use promo code MBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. And if you have not already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. It's the best way to support the podcast. I appreciate all the support that's already been shown over there, but let's keep it going. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, we have a lot to talk about on today's episode of the podcast. So in case you guys didn't listen to yesterday's or two days ago, etc., cetera, uh, this week's schedule for the next for, for today's, uh, which is Wednesday when I'm recording it, Thursday and Friday, it will be a different schedule because the Pistons are on this late Western road trip. It has me staying up to like 1 o'clock in the morning. So if you're wondering why, you know, some of these podcasts are being let out in the afternoon instead of early in the morning. That's because that's the reason right there. Once they come back from this Western road trip, we'll go right back to our normal schedule of having all these podcasts early in the morning for you guys on your way to work. Or what are you driving kids to your school or to their school? All those kind of things. We'll have the podcast ready for you guys again like that. Uh, but just just for this week, we're going to have to go late because the Pistons are just playing way too late. I have work in the morning. I can't stay up that late and then record, then edit, then post. It's, it's just too long of a process. I can't do it. So just for this week, schedule will be different. I apologize for all that, but hopefully it's not too much of an inconvenience. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. So the first thing I actually want to talk about is some news with Bobo. Um, yeah, Bobo, the guy who's not a Detroit Piston, the guy the Pistons voided uh, the trade that they made for him about a week and a half ago. Uh, we came on the podcast. We talked about it with Bryce Simon, who was the host of the Motor City Hoops podcast, friend of the podcast here. Uh, we talked about whether, you know, what was the issue? Why did the Pistons void the the trade? Did they find something new with Bobo? Was it his foot injury from college? Was it not all the way healed? Did they find something else with that? We speculated a lot about it. And then we also talked about how it was a little bit of a weird timing with it as well. Like, are the Pistons just trying to get out of it? Uh, is there really something wrong with them? All, like, we talked about everything from, from front to back. We even talked about Donatus Matayunas, who chimed in and tried calling the Pistons. Basically, uh, they don't know what they're doing. Tried saying they like ruining people's careers, how they did his, all this guy. Like, we covered everything with it, and we discussed all possibilities. And for a minute there, it didn't sound like that maybe you guys would get the answer to this. I may or may not have already had the answer, but maybe uh, you guys should should respect me. Respect me a little bit more. When I say something, because uh, maybe, just maybe, I know things that you guys may not. But uh, anyways, it came out before uh, we recorded this podcast that Bobo has decided to undergo surgery that is going to be about 8 to 12 weeks weeks long on his foot, which, by the way, me and Bryce did speculate on the podcast when it was announced that they voided the trade that it could be his foot injury. And it turns out it is a foot injury. He's having another surgery on his foot. It's going to be 8 to 12 week recovery. So that makes complete sense why the Pistons decided to void that trade. My thing was is you thought that he wasn't going to be able to handle things and that he wouldn't, he possibly could get hurt. Then it's worth the risk because that was going to be the risk anyways. You don't know if he was going to be able to handle heavy minutes. You're doing it to find that out. If he wasn't going to be able to play at all anyways because he already had something wrong with him, it makes complete sense. He's a restricted free agent in the summer. The whole idea behind trading for Bobo was 
to use this half of the season to find out, can he handle big minutes? Can he handle a bigger role? Is he a good player? All those kind of things. Then the Pistons would be able to decide in the offseason. Turns out they wouldn't have even got that chance if they made this trade. Obviously, the doctors were right. I probably shouldn't have never questioned them. Should never question the Pistons. Uh, and no, apparently, Monte Yunus, they are not some you know evil company that or franchise that's trying to just end young players careers and just want to ruin their lives and all that kind of stuff so we got that news with Bobo and I thought you know that was it right there Michael Malone lied about him being healthy the Pistons were right they found something that the Denver Nuggets might have been uh, hiding maybe they didn't even know themselves maybe the Pistons doctors found something that the Denver Nuggets doctors didn't know either way Bobo decided to take that surgery route he is out eight to 12 weeks so I thought that was going to be all we heard about it but then a little bit later, we got more Bull Bull news. And apparently this decision and, and, and to, to undergo surgery and this injury has not stopped other teams from taking this chance on Bull Bull as he was a part of a three-team trade with Denver, Boston, and San Antonio that sends Bull Bull to the Celtics. So the real reason why I wanted to talk about this, obviously Bull Bull is not a Detroit Piston. He's not going to be a Detroit Piston uh, this year. Uh, but I, I wanted to give you guys some clarity on that situation because it was a, it was a weird situation, no, no doubt. Uh, the Pistons looked like they were excited to get him. It, you know, the Denver Nuggets obviously give forth their medical uh, information that they have on them. Uh, and, it, and, and, you know, Rodney Magruder had already went and tra- uh, practiced for the Denver Nuggets. Everything seemed like it was confirmed already. Uh, and then out of nowhere, it, sound, it, it came that the Pistons had voided it. A lot of people questioned the Pistons, whether they were – just stupid were they trying to get out of a trade are the Pistons getting cold feet are they did they actually find something are the Denver Nuggets hiding something because then Michael Malone came out and said he's we feel he's healthy where the Pistons lying all this kind of stuff came out and it was a lot of speculation and you even had like I said Monty Yunus not only did he spend a day on Twitter destroying the Pistons he then went on I think it was Sirius XM radio and spent like a whole segment with with on uh I forget what radio station or what, what show he was on but he spent a whole time, like a whole segment, talking about the Pistons and, and and what they're trying to do and what these NBA teams are trying to do with hurting young guys and, and holding them back and all this kind of thing. So there was a lot of stuff coming at the Pistons because we just didn't know everything. Now, no everything. Bobo was indeed hurt. The Pistons found something in the physical that either Bobo didn't already know or they were trying to hide. The Pistons voided the trade because of it. It makes sense. Now, I'll say this final thing on the Bull Bull topic, and then we'll move on. I think it's interesting. I would not rule out. This is all I'm going to say. Actually, I would leave it here. I would not rule out the Pistons signing Bull Bull in the summer. If he comes back healthy from this surgery and he plays, because he's going to be out about two to three months for the Boston Celtics. If he finds a time, finds any kind of way to come back and play any kind of games, or if he comes back healthy, any point, I, I would not rule out the Pistons possibly being interested in signing him this summer for cheap, obviously, but give him the chance because Weaver was extremely high in Bobo pre-draft. He is extremely high in Bobo, obviously, because he went out and traded for him once he became GM of the Pistons. Now, obviously, like we said, he can't uh, – the physical failed. We found – the Pistons found something, obviously. But that doesn't change the fact that Weaver is obviously and has shown multiple times he's high in Bobo. So I'll just simply say I would not rule out the Pistons possibly being interested in signing Bobo in the offseason. Uh, but we'll leave it that. Enough with that. We got enough clarity on that. Everyone knows now the Pistons are not some snake sale consman or all that kind of stuff. You don't have to worry about that. Now the Pistons are actually good at their job, apparently, and the doctors know what they're talking about. When we come back, we'll talk about some injury news and possibly comeback news of some players who have been out for a minute and another player who seems to be dealing with yet another injury in his young career. We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, 
have to tell you guys about some of our sponsors. First up, let me tell you guys a little bit about Price Picks. Pistons fans, you've been hearing me tell you about Price Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? If you haven't, now is the perfect time. For a limited time, Price Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans who only use code NBA. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes made, all of the above. You pick two to five players and an over and under on those projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. I recently placed a bet this last weekend. Uh, we had, I believe it was Kate Cunningham over on his points and also Matthew Stafford over on his yards. Now I didn't hit because Matthew Stafford did not go over on his yards. But for that example, you can do mixed sports entries. Like I just said, you can go basketball and football. You can go football in a different sport. You can do all that kind of stuff. With price picks, you can take the over on Jared Goff's passing yards when he was in the, when the Lions were still playing and take the under on Killing Hayes points. You can do that in the exact same entry. So use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Price picks is safe and it offers faster draws as well. So go to pricepicks.com today or go to your App Store and download the app. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get a free $50 if your first price picks entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get a free $50 if your price picks entry scores a singular point. Price picks is daily fantasy made easy. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. Also, head over to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. It's the best way to support the podcast. But we have some good news and also some sad news, or I, I guess let's not call it sad, but a little bit of bad news, uh, but let's, let's keep it a little bit positive here. So we got multiple updates on multiple Pistons who have been dealing with injuries. We got an update on Frank Jackson, who is now training or has been assigned to the Motor City Crews, which if you remember, Kelly Olenek uh, was assigned to the Motor City Crews a few weeks ago, and he's on his way back. Uh this, this this is good. This means that Frank should be nearing his return soon. Uh, so we got update on Frank. Uh, it sounds like Jer- uh, it was told that Jeremy Grant is also in health and safety protocols. So he's still re- rehabilitating, coming back from his thumb injury, but also apparently he's now in health and safety protocols as well. Uh, so we got update with Jeremy Grant. But the big update here, the big update that everyone's been waiting for, and I, I'm going to tell you this much. Five years ago, if you had on your bingo card that you'd be this excited for this guy to – to be not only in a Pistons jersey, but for him to be coming back to the rotation. If you had that on there, you need to go ahead and comment down below or tweet me that you you saw this kind of thing coming. I can tell you this much. I sure as hell never would have thought in the cold day in hell that it'd be like this. But Kelly Olynyk, who has not played since November 10th, is probable against the Sacramento Kings tonight. That is big news. Uh, obviously, he's probably going to be on the minutes restriction. If he does indeed play, he's probable. He's not guaranteed, but probable usually means the guy will play. Um, he'll probably be on a minutes restriction. He won't get the, the bulk of the minutes that he probably usually would get. However, this is big because we've been talking on the podcast the last few for the past few weeks that I believe that he should be starting ahead of Kelly Ol- or ahead of Isaiah Stewart when he returns to legit shape. What I want to watch for tonight is that, and I please, please, and I, you know, 
part of me feels like I shouldn't have to bring this up. I, I shouldn't have to talk about this, but with with the way the Pistons are set up and their coaching staff and you know the way they go about things, I have I have to take it upon myself to make sure I ask for this, and hopefully they hear me and they abide by it. In the mi- limited times or minutes that Kelly Olynyk gets tonight, if he does indeed play tonight, please for the love of God. Can some at least some of it? At least some. I would prefer a lot of it, but at least some of his minutes be matched with Kay Cunningham. Like it would just be a waste. It's like all we've been waiting for, all Pistons has been waiting for, all I've been waiting for is to see Kay Cunningham and Killian Hayes. But we'll get to Killian a little bit later because his news is a little bit depressing. Uh, but both of those guys, along with Sadiq, along with Hamdou Diallo, along with all these other guys, to see them out there on the court. But mo- most importantly, obviously, Cade, uh, to see these guys out there with the big guy who brings a threat offensively and can stretch the floor. And as we talked about in the podcast on the last podcast, Trey Lyles is so much, the Pistons are so much better with Trey Lyles on the floor, not because he's so much better than Isaiah Stewart, not because he's just a great player or even a good player. I think he's below average, slightly below average, but I'll give you average possibly. Either way, he's not some good NBA player. He's not shooting the ball 40% from deep or something. He's not doing all of that. He's not making the right pass. He's not playing smart basketball, I don't feel like. The only reason why the Pistons offense is so much better with him on the floor is because he's simply any type of threat. He's simply a threat to do something with the ball in his hands. You have to respect him because he's capable of putting the ball in the basket. He may not be great at it. Hell, I wouldn't even say that he's that good at it. But he's a better threat. And you know what? Not even better threat. A threat at all with the ball in his hands, at least when he's on the floor offensively. And that's something that Isaiah Stewart simply has not been at all this season. And that's why the Pistons have been so much better with Trey Lyles on the floor. Not because he's just so much better player overall than Isaiah Stewart, simply because Isaiah Stewart doesn't fit with this starting lineup. And he's the Pistons are basically playing four and five when he's out there on offense with that starting lineup. So if the Pistons were to bring back Kelly Olynyk tonight and he spent the majority of his minutes and played no minutes at all with that starting unit or at least matched some minutes with Cade, what the hell are we even doing here? What, what, are, we even do, what, what, what are we even doing here? The whole purpose for Kelly Olynyk should be to help Cade and eventually Killian space the floor, give them driving lanes, and help them give them so much more space to operate with. Because right now, I promise you, when you watch a Pistons game, there was a play last night. I'm recording this on Wednesday, the night after the Golden State Warriors lost. Which, by the way, we're not even going to recap that game. I, I no, it's not happening. And actually, I'll say this one thing about that game, and then we'll, we'll go back to what I was saying. The Pistons, they can't keep doing this. I'm not going to keep accepting this. I no. We, they have to stop this. Yes, they're five and four this year, or or in obviously you guys get what I'm saying in 2022. But th- this little high and then the absolute low low that can, no, we need to have something in between. You can't just go either you win or get embarrassed. Like they can't have that. You can lose, but this continually setting new low points is just not happening, dude. Again, I'll go back to the Kelly Oubre blowing a kiss. I thought that was the new low. Hell, no, it wasn't. Because then we had Isaiah Thomas, the Pistons legend last night, about to have a stroke because Corey Joseph pointed at Steph Curry instead of guarding him. And Steph Curry ended up with the corner, wide open corner three. Like that, that's the kind of effort and embarrassment we're showing out there. So the Pistons can't keep doing this little either we win or we're going to get absolutely embarrassed and made fun of by the opposing team. That just can't keep happening. There has to be some type of middle ground that you meet there. It just can't keep being this super high or super low. It can't. Either way, let me go back to what I was saying. It, the whole point of Kelly Olynyk is to provide spacing for those guys, to help those guys and give them the most possible spacing. And there was a play against the Golden State Warriors last night that I absolutely just felt so bad for Cade. 
Aiden didn't have a good game, but he's not. He's just not being helped with what he's on the court with. He drove. He, he was at the top of the key, drove right, drove into the lane. Now, you probably could say, yeah, K, you probably should make the kick out here. You probably should, you know, pass, make an extra pass to the corner here, blah, blah. You could say all that stuff. But what I want to focus more on is that the fact, I believe this was in the third quarter, he drove right and he jump stopped. And before he could even jump stop, there is legit four Golden State Warrior defenders surrounding him with Isaiah Stewart standing right next to him on the block because he can't space the floor and whatever. There's legit four Golden State Warriors surrounding Cade. Like, what's he supposed to do here? What's he supposed to do with that? There's another play that happened as well last night with Killian Hayes. And people were blaming Killian Hayes. I'm not, no, that's not on Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes drove to the basket with, I believe he was going left, obviously. He drove down the middle and he handed the ball to Isaiah Stewart right there in the middle of the paint. He just, hand, like, not passed. Like, he literally just handed it off to him. So people are like, why are you handing the ball off to someone right there in the middle of the paint? What's the spacing up with that? That's not on Killing Hayes. Why is Isaiah Stewart sitting in the middle of the paint when someone's driving? Why? What, 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 how, what kind of spacing is that? Now, Isaiah Stewart had a, gr- a really good game against the Golden State Warriors. Let me give him his credit. He had a really good game. But those two plays in specific, specifically point to just how the starting lap simply just can't work with Isaiah Stewart, the starting center. So I'm not saying play Kelly Olynyk big minutes. Obviously, he doesn't have it conditioning-wise yet. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not stupid. I played basketball my whole life. I know how this goes. I'm not saying playing big minutes. While I am saying in the minutes that he does play, at least some of these, at least see how it looks with the guys that you care about in like Cade and maybe Sadiq, like matches minutes up with them somewhat so you can see what it looks like to have an actually good spacing, a uh, floor spacing five who can actually pass and make the right play and actually hit outside shot at like a near 40% clip. Like, can we, can we at least see what that looks like? Can Cade at least have that type of space for a little bit of time? Can Sadiq at least have that type of space for a little bit of time? Can Hamdou Diallo at least have that space for a little bit of time? Like, I don't think that's too much to ask for, but, you know, with, with the way things go and the decisions that get made inside of games and in-game adjustments, I, that might be too much to ask for. But for me, at, at least for me, it feels like common sense that, you know, you do that. So we'll see what happens. That's what I'm looking forward to most tonight. If they don't do that against the Kings, I'm going to come on tomorrow's podcast. I'm going to be a pissed-off person. I'm going to be incredibly pissed off. It's going to be like a waste. Now, obviously, they may do it. Uh, farther down the line when he gets healthier and he gets back in conditioning wise. Obviously, I'm not saying they won't ever do it, but I, I don't see why you can't start now. I, I don't get it. I don't see why not. So that's why I'm at with it. That's why I'm looking forward to most tonight's game against the Sacramento Kings. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some sad news or not. Let me, why do I keep saying sad? There's overall bad news with Killian Hayes. Uh, and we'll talk about some other things as well in this Sacramento Kings game tonight to be looking forward to. But before we get into any of that, let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, your guys' favorite sponsor, Hillfire. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit and eating healthier, make sure you include a Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution. Because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You guys know which ones I'm talking about. You want to eat healthy. But it, gets, it just gets so boring. But like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not it. Where's all the chocolate at? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Built Bars also contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. 
throw all the sugary or calorie-filled treats, and replace them with built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new and limited-time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Again, go to Built.com, but this time use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. Also, head over to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. I also, again, I want to apologize for the inconvenience this week with the podcast being later in the day in the afternoon. I figure, you know, basically what I'm going to figure, and you guys have to let me know if you guys are still listening to it this deep in. Um, I'm going to assume that today I, I'm dropping this like Wednesday at like 6 p.m. I'm going to assume Wednesday, 6 p.m. You guys are just going to listen to it Thursday morning. And then Thursdays, you'll probably listen to it Friday morning. And then Friday, you'll probably listen to it Saturday morning. So I, maybe you guys can still fit it in that kind of schedule. I know a lot of you guys listen to it on the way to work or dropping kids off at, at school in the morning, like all that kind of stuff. Uh, hopefully, you guys can still try and make it work that way. I'm sorry for all, for the inconvenience this week. But again, the Pistons are playing late as hell. I also have work in the morning. I can't stay up, watch them, then edit, uh, record, edit, and post. It's just too long of a process, and I'll be dead at work. So this week only, I, I'm sorry for it, but hopefully you guys understand and we can keep it moving. Uh, and I hope I hope you guys are able to listen and, and still enjoy the podcast this week. Uh, but anyways, Kalen Hayes, we got some bad news with him. Uh, right now he left, you know, actually, I have, yeah, I forgot. I haven't talked to you guys since this game. I, I could have sworn I did. I keep forgetting. I, even I'm forgetting that I didn't record and set the podcast for this morning. But Kalen Hayes last night against the, <clears throat> excuse me, the Golden State Warriors, Left the game in the second quarter and never returned. Uh, at first, a lot of people thought he just flat out got benched. You know, I was a little bit dramatic and saying, oh, here we go. Dwayne Casey's benching him. This is stupid, blah, blah. Uh, but, you know, even I had to sit back for a second. Like, there's no freaking way that Dwayne Casey's flat out benching Killing Hayes. There's no way. He hasn't even done anything wrong. There's no way. And he's the best defender to play in Steph Curry, who, by the way, first six minutes of the game, Killing Hayes clamping him up. As soon as Killing Hayes comes out the game, Steph scores six straight points instantly. Just like it, it, it happened instantly. So if you want to talk about Kaelin Hayes struggles offensively, fine. But I, I mean, defensively, you just can't you you can't lie there. Either way, my point is he left the game. Turns out he was not benched. He had a right hip contusion, which is the hip that he had surgery or actually he foregone surgery, I believe. Uh, but he had that major hip injury his rookie season with. Uh, it's not too big of an injury. It's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, a right hip contusion isn't like some crazy. He's gonna be out three weeks kind of thing. It's not. It's not. It's not a serious injury. But he is doubtful for tonight. He's probably feeling a little tender. He probably they probably want to give him a little bit of a rest with it, especially coming off a of back to back. I'd be shocked if he. This is my opinion. This is just me speculating. I'd be shocked if he missed Friday's night's game. Um, but I'm going to assume he's probably not going to play tonight. He is listed as doubtful. I don't think he's going to play tonight. Um, and that and that sucks because you know no matter where you where you stand on the Killian issue, I don't. I hate calling it an issue because he's. He's a 20-year-old player, and you just wasted a seven. You just used a seven, uh, seventh pick on him last year. But wherever you stand on Killian, whether you think he's bad, whether you think he could be good, whether you think he could be great, wherever you stand on it, I think we all can agree that Killian has not met what people thought he would have at the seventh pick value so far. Now, again, I've pointed out many times that he's only at 60 career games. He hasn't even played a full NBA season yet, so he very well could hit those expectations. 
But no matter, we can all agree that he's not there yet. And we can all agree it's been a little bit of disappointment because of the expectations expectations had of him so far. I think we all can also agree that his career is not over yet. And he can eventually, if he does hit it, he could hit it. Now, I think the, the argument here is, is whether it's actually going to happen. That's where people argue about it. I don't think many people are flat out saying that he's done now. Everyone understands that he's young. And he has a future. But another thing I think we all can agree on, no matter where you stand on it, is that these injuries are not helping him at all. These injuries are actively hurting his chances of doing it. Again, I'm not. I, I'm a Killian guy. I believe in Killian. I like Killian's game. I really do believe in him. But I'm not. So I'm not sitting here guaranteeing that he's going to be a good player. I know there's a chance he could flat be a bust. I, I'm taking the chances with the side that he's going to be good. But I know, and I think all of us understand this, and everyone can agree that having these injuries is dropping those chances of him being what I think he can lower and lower and lower. He's, I don't want to call him injury prone because he's, he, he's still young. I don't want to call him injury prone yet, but he's dealing, he's dealt with a lot of injuries so far. He dealt with that hip injury that kept him out his majority of his rookie season. That did not help him at all. He didn't get to experience the ups and downs of a rookie season. He didn't get to try to push through a rookie wall. He didn't get to experience trying to develop during the season. And now people kind of lost patience because of that. I think that's where it really comes from. But he lost that time. He played, I thought he was playing really well to start out the gate, especially chewing from deep. But then he had that left thumb injury on his shooting hand. He decided to try to play through it, which absolutely crashed his three-point shooting, which I told you guys weeks ago. He's not going to get an excuse for that. It may be unfair, but you don't get that excuse. People aren't going to give him that excuse. So he's dealt with that thumb injury. And the thumb injury kept coming up, coming up, coming up, coming up. It like it happened over, over, and over. He even dealt with the ankle injury at the beginning of the year. And now he goes flying into a cameraman on a, on a drive, I believe it was. Uh, after he was, yeah, yeah, he was driving to the left. He floated, he jumped in the air to make a jump pass, got fouled in the air, pushed into a cameraman, and hurt his hip. Uh, this is just, it, it's nothing, it's not too big of a deal. But it's something to track that, you know, he keeps having these injuries that take him out a game or take him out two games or take him out three games. And it really disrupts rhythm. Uh, We talked about it last week on a podcast. The last week and a half, I thought he's been he's looked some of the best all season. He's been driving to the paint. He had two straight games with dunks. He dunked over Jay Crowder like he's had these this past week and a half where it looked like I had been telling you guys that he was figuring out, hey, I'm six, five. I'm pretty damn more I'm much more athletic than people give him give me credit for I can get to the basket and we've seen him over the last week and a half go over and over and over again at the basket and go four uh drives and it looked like he was getting into that rhythm but here we go again now as soon as it looks like he's turning a corner and something as soon as it looks like he's learning something as soon as it looks like he's getting better another injury he misses a game misses two games now he's out of rhythm again now you have to give him two to three games just to get back into rhythm and then by the time those two to three games get into rhythm people are already done with them then he has a good few stretches again, and then another another injury comes through. Like, he has to be able to stay healthy and string together long stretches of putting things together because all we've gotten so far are small stretches. We had 16 games to start the year where he was shooting 39% from deep, then the thumb injury. So now that stretch gets wiped out, and he struggles after that. We had a good week-and-a-half stretch where it looked like he was learning how to drive and being much more aggressive driving. Now he has a hip injury. Will he still want to be aggressive now that he hurt the same hip, hip that he hurt last year driving to the rim? Will he still have that type of aggressiveness or will he now shy away from contact again? Like those kind of things all go into it. And I, even a guy like me, who's a big killing fan can recognize that this is not helping him. And this does decrease each time this happens, this decreases the chances of him hitting where I believe he can hit. So I, I don't like this. I, it, you know, again, the injury itself is not a big deal. It's not going to hold him out forever. It's not like you probably, I think he'll probably be back Friday, but again, it's just, he, 
he needs to be able to play long stretches of games and put together long stretches of games where he's playing well or he's never going to be able to put it together. It's just going to continue to be in stretches. Uh, and stuff like this, tiny little injuries, knick-knack injuries that keep him out, he keeps getting hurt. It's It sucks. He needs to be able to play a lot of games. Obviously, in a row, you want to see him play a lot of games. And hopefully, this right hip contusion is to keep him out long. Because like I said, I thought he was playing a really good week and a half of basketball and showing that he was learning how to get to the rim. Uh, and he was being a lot more aggressive doing so. So, again, he's out, probably going to be out for tonight's game against the Sacramento Kings. Sucks, but it is what it is. Hopefully, he doesn't stay out too long. And, again, like I said, I hope in the last segment I said, hopefully we see some kind of combination of Cade and uh, Kelly Olenek, Sadiq and Kelly Olenek, something uh, where those minutes actually will be used for something in the long term. So, you can actually see what it looks like with the fourth Bacon's five. That's what I'm looking forward to tonight. Hopefully, Killian gets healthy and be able, is able to play Friday, I believe, against the Spurs is who they play. I could be completely off with that, but I think it's the Spurs. Uh, but anyways, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. That's all I've got for you guys today. I appreciate all you guys' support. Thank you for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. Head to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. Make sure you make Lockdown Bets your second listen every day. Your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your podcast platforms. Until the next one, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody. Enjoy the game tonight against the Sacramento Kings. Again, I want to apologize for the, the, the different schedule this week. But, again, it is what it is. Life happens. People have jobs outside of talking about the Pistons, sadly. I know. I know. I, I would love for this to be my main job. But it's not there yet. We're on our way, though. Uh, but I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Peace out, everybody. Enjoy the game tonight. Go Pistons.